Hello? Hello? Is anyone here? Oh god, why? Why? Why are we here? Mac? Maggie? Guys, are you here? Who decided to go to this empty house anyways? There are so many doors here. God damn, it's so damp and cold. Ugh. Getting, giving me shivers. Hello? Hello? Anyone? I can't do the sketch alone. Hello? Guys? What's behind these doors anyways? Hello? Hey, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. Nope, 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 nope. Guys, this is not fun. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, well. Anyways, <laughs> what's behind this last door? I'm the trash man. Ah! Janko, and normally at this point I would say joining me are Maggie and Mac, but this will be a solo episode. Um, so this time, unfortunately, both are, are pretty caught up and busy in their own daily life. Yeah, so hopefully they will be back back anytime soon. But for the time being, this will be a very Janko-centric episode. Um, it will maybe be a little bit of a struggle. Uh, doing this solo uh, by uh, just talking through my own thoughts and words and not having someone to bounce words off of. But I, I think it will be okay, uh, seeing as I am a very, I would call myself a very eccentric movie person, and uh, I am not the typical movie enjoyer that has, that enjoys all, all the, the typical mainstream, most common stuff. I like to see that, I like to think that I am a very unique when it comes to my film taste. And I do like a lot of different genres. And as we've mentioned in a, in a previous episode, as Mac has brought up, I do enjoy uh, the underdog tales a lot. But other stuff that I also enjoy are like general exploitation films and uh, pretty much horror. Horror is probably something I watch the most out of any genre. I have definitely tried to expand it a bit more this year. Definitely seen a lot more drama, a lot more current stuff, and that's been nice. But my roots, my my film interest and roots still linger in the whole in the whole horror genre and uh, the, the exploitation era of film. And I thought what good way to have an own Janko episode is I could share with you all my personal top 20 top 20 favorite films of all time and i think this is a very unique top 20 list because first off there's only one film no uh, pardon me there's only two films pre post after 2000 uh, the rest are are films that are from either the 80s or the 70s uh, not in the current 2000 millennium which is isn't quite um, average for a lot of top 10 or 20 lists I've noticed and 
uh, surprise, a lot of these films are exploitation and horror films. Um, but let me just take it off with my number. So, so this is my top 20 list uh, of the Janko extravaganza. And on, t- on number 20, uh, you have uh, Carrie, uh, directed by Brian De Palma from 1976, starring Sissy Spasek. And uh, it's considered a true classic within the horror genre, and I absolutely do agree. Uh, there's a lot of good things to take from this film, both uh, music-wise and the character arc of of uh, Carrie. Um, <clears throat> it is a, a quiet tale on how bullying can be taken too far, and that can escalate to hellfire. And that is literally something that happens <laughs> in this film. And um, I do, I do love the arc that Carrie takes throughout this film, and the supernatural elements that take place uh, further on, and the whole prom scene with the blood dripping from her head uh, the pig's blood prank that they're pulling on her is just uh, a very classic film moment that is forever stuck in my mind and um also since brian de palma is my my favorite director of all time it, it wouldn't feel right if i didn't at least have one film by brian de palma on 20 list but that's okay i do have two so, so that 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 evens out and uh, on number 19 you have Old Boy by Park Chan-wook. Uh, this is from 2003. Uh, is a Korean revenge film. The second entry in the Vengeance trilogy by Park Chan-wook. And um, this is a heavy one. Uh, I like the story. It's a very straightforward revenge flick. And um, it escalates into something... A, a horrible nightmare, you would say. And... Uh, yeah, it is tragic. You are lingered with uh, painful emotions after watching this film. And and it is an impact that will sit for you for at least a, <laughs> a week after watching it. And yeah, it is a thought-provoking film. Uh, very stylized, uh, especially the main actor by uh, Choi Min-sik, who does it exquisite. Uh, does it perfectly as the main character uh, Odasu and um, uh, on number 18 you have a classic sci-fi horror called The Phantasm or just Phantasm from 1979 uh, starring Angus Grimm as the tall man and uh, this is a very fun classic horror film that is a little bit underappreciated but it has all the classic horror tropes and it has one of the coolest characters ever in any horror franchise, the ice cream man Reggie, who in the later entries has his own four-barreled shotgun, which is just very super cool. It has a lot of good emotions. I, I like the way this movie progresses, and it has a very memorable theme song. And uh, it's nice that Don Coscarelli, the director, had a vision, and um, that he, he had the vision until his up until his entries to Phantasm 4 and uh, which which were all directed by the same person and uh, that is pretty nice to see it's not really something you see in horror films well you have Scream for instance uh, where you have all the entries directed by Wes Craven but there aren't many horror examples like that where you have one director who is very consistent with his films and um 
I think that Phantasm does that really well. Uh, they do get a lot more cheesy with a, with each entry, but I think first Phantasm from 1979 it starts it off pretty well, and it is a good, a good, good, good story revolving a mortuary and uh, and the dead. On number 17, we're going to back to Asia, going to Japan. Uh, with the first entry of the Female Prisoner Scorpion series, just called Female Prisoner Number 701 Scorpion. This is a very good Japanese grindhouse classic. This is one of the films that has inspired Tarantino for Kill Bill, and it stars uh, probably one of the coolest actresses ever from Asia, Meiko Kaji, who had a lot of prominent roles in the 70s uh, during this exploitation era. And it it has it, it it borrows a lot of visuals from gothic imagery, and it's a women in prison film. It is very stylistic and cool, and the main character, just Scorpion, is one of the is a very cool character that calculates every move, and she is a badass at it. On number sixteen, we have Taxi Driver by Martin Scorsese, a very very nice thriller starring Robert De Niro. This is probably the more mainstream uh, entry I have on this list. Uh, of course, a lot of people enjoy Taxi Driver and for good reason. Um, it is um, a classic within cinema and one of Sc at least Scorsese's best in my opinion. Um, but it is all because of Robert De Niro's powerful role. I like that it's a thriller that showcases the struggles of a uh, of a lonely mind that just escalates further. And on the sidelines, you have this political story going on, but the main focus is, the main focus is Travis Bickle, just breaking to utter insanity. And um, it's a good depiction on loneliness and um, case study on mental health, actually. And I, I do enjoy that. On number 15, you have Abel Ferrara's Miss 45 from 1981. There is a certain genre that I do enjoy, and that is called the rape revenge genre it is of course very hard to explain someone when you that you enjoy this type of genre but uh but to put it simple uh it is used typically the movies where a victim gets yeah obviously it gets raped and takes revenge but it is the revenge part that is very cathartic and um well we've talked about this on a previous episode uh, with um, Last House on the Left and House at the Edge of the Park, how um, how they both are in that theme. And uh, it is very hard to say that, oh, hey, I like this genre, I like this film, but um, but it is, uh, it is a very cruel genre. But I, I think as in the exploitation context, I think it's, very, it's a very thrilling genre. Um, and it, as I said previously, it is very cathartic in the revenge setting. And I, I, I do love my revenge films. But uh, anyways, you have Miss 45 revolves around this mute woman who is a pushover at her job. She gets um, assaulted and uh, she decides to take matters into her own hand. And, uh, and she wears this iconic nun costume and... Uh, I think uh, I think this is a very stylish film, and uh, and uh, the main actress does this role really well, and um, I uh, do really appreciate 
the way Abel Ferrara drives this film uh, so much. Um, on number 14, you have a Tarantino film, Death Proof. I have always considered Tarantino my gateway into heightened cinema. Uh, Tarantino is probably one of the directors that I grew up with, that I initially knew that, yeah, okay, this is, I, I can understand how this, this works and it's a director that makes film. And for, for like, um, this is me and my teens uh, in context. So back then I had no clue what, what most directors was, but um, it definitely helped me to explore more films that uh, are on this list. For instance, Female Prisoner Scorpion, which I, which I just went past, and uh, Miss Forty Five, and and a couple others that are upcoming. But uh, but I also I also really like Tarantino's way of borrowing stuff from older cinema and um, obviously exploitation films, and that's why I really love Death Proof that much. Is because it it got it it got released together with. Robert Rodriguez, Planet Terror, and it was their callback to Grindhouse Cinema. And um, Death Proof really showcases the the thrill of car movies, and uh, to a certain ex extent, some some slashes and Jallo. It has uh, it borrows a lot of elements from, uh, especially Dario Gento and uh, and some prominent other Italian film directors. Um, but but yeah. It, uh, it, there's a lot of car movies that are brought into the mix uh, that you can notice that oh this is this is taken from there and and this is that's something you can really appreciate with Tarantino is that he takes a lot of stuff from certain films either if it's song or moment moods or scenes and and you as a con consumer obviously gets exposed to that and that m might help you find out these stuff at least it did for me and that will open a whole new gate for you and uh, i think that is very fantastic and uh, even though i mean not many people might appreciate tarantino as much but uh, he should be considered an important director for gatewaying into classic cinema i think that is a good word for that and next on number 13 we have the exorcist by william friedkin another favorite director of mine and uh, have another film of his on my entry on my top 20 list uh but the exorcist is a classic for good reason it is a very slow burn horror film it stars the the, the magnificent linda blair who's a favorite actress of mine the way this movie mo moves and the whole and the whole progression of uh, how uh, reagan gets gets possessed and it, it takes the time and how first there this movie tackles it to a sort of realism where um, she must be sick so they go to the doctor and uh doctor says she's, she's fine they try to do many tests and then eventually uh, they realize that uh, things have gone too far so they need an exorcist involved and um yeah to this day i still think it's a very scary film for a good reason it, it's a staple within the horror genre and a classic that will forever be be rememberable and number 12 we have another rape revenge film called the night train murders 
which uh, was one of the films that uh, was one of the films that um, that got uh, inspired by Last House on the Left. And uh, this is an Italian film by the director Aldo Lado. And uh, I think this is one one very heavy film. Uh, you could almost dub this Last Train Cart on the Left because of how similar it is to Last House on the Left. But it has a lot of psychotic characters, which I enjoy. And the music by, by Ennio Morricone just heightens the, the stressful nature to this film. And it's a, it's a good thriller. And uh, we had a little bit of a sad ending, but I, I like the way this film moves. And on number 11, there's uh, another classic, The Good, Bad, and Ugly. I am a huge fan of Westerns. And um, I mean, I could, I, I mean, Sergio Leone is one of the most famous West spaghetti Western directors. When you're thinking of Westerns, I could have easily chosen something like Sergio Cubucci, which I much more preferred and um, Sergio Leone, but, but the good and bad and ugly is, is an important film. Uh, Starring Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and uh, Eli Wallace. Uh, it is a very high bar for the Western genre. I think it's up there with uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and The Grand Silence, The Great Silence by um, by Sergio Corbucci. And both, all three of them could have been on the same spot, but I, I have to limit one. And I went with the more fun one. And that's the good, bad, and ugly. But also, also like a lot of these westerns, Ennio Morricone is like sixty percent of the film. Uh, if you would have taken the music away, it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, so a lot of these westerns are are impactful because of the music and the way they they move the scene and the the the, the final gun duels at the end just fit just work so well in Morricone's favor. And um, number ten. These are the more, we're moving over to the more important ones. A number, well, all these 20 are important, but but when we're going to list, top 10 are more <laughs> important than the, the previous 10. But anyways, we're moving back to Brian De Palma. We've talked about this film before on the show. Uh, Blowout from 1981 again, um, starring John Travolta. And, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. I definitely love this film. It's a good thriller on sound that uses sound as a medium to, uh, to solve a, a, a murder. And uh, it becomes into this political thriller. And John Travolta really acts his heart out in this film. And I like to think that this is the film that made Tarantino want to want to uh, want him to star in Pulp Fiction. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, of course, you also have the a great villain performance by John Lithgow, who plays this very sociopathic killer. And in the movie world, I really enjoy those types of killers. They really make the movie for me. I do enjoy bad guys. <laughs> um, though that is a, a very me thing. On number nine, moving over to I Spit on Your Grave. A very probably the most infamous film in the rape revenge genre and also this is this film uh was on the video nasties well yeah it's a tough film to sit through mainly because it has a 40 minute long uh, rape scene 
but uh, I like to think that this is an important film in feminism. Um, it's it's dirty, it's gross, but Camille Keaton really kills it in his role, and I love the cathartism she gets at the end and the revenge part that she gets and that is probably my favorite part of this film and also this is i mean this is also a film that also one of the earlier ones that i watched when i got into this genre this uh exploitation genre in general and all and exploitation films in general but i i think i think i i, I like i like disturbing films i think that is already quite obvious that i i like films that make you feel very painful afterwards but i i, I think pushes the message much more further i think that film is art right and if art if art makes you feel something either it's anger or sadness or just disgust then i like to think that it did its job perfectly and um, that's and uh, that's another reason why I, I i look for these type of films because they give me a sense of it's like a roller coaster ride but for your mind and emotions <laughs> um it's a bit hard to explain but um but it is a niche uh, that's for sure uh, number eight, we have this classic Italian film by Dario Argento called Suspiria. Some people claim it's a giallo. Other people claim it's a supernatural film. It definitely borrows elements from the giallo. Giallo is, of course, these murder mystery films from Italy during the 60s, 70s, mostly by like prominent directors like Mario Bava. Dario Argento definitely did a couple of giallos, and so did Lucio Fulci. Uh, they are... The, the holy trinity when it comes to italian horror from the 60s and 70s but uh suspiria is remains a classic starring jessica harper as in the main role and here you have the music by goblin which i mean if you've seen any of dario gento's film you know that dario gento and goblin go hand in hand and they have a prominent relationship when it comes to a professional relationship when it comes to music and their collaboration of music and film together and i think i think that's perfect this is a, a griping story on on this girl who goes to a ballet academy in berlin and it turns out to be a supernatural hellhole and uh, i think it's it's very artful it's a very artsy very art artistical slasher film is what i would like to call this and um and on number seven i did mention lucio fulci and uh he is another favorite director of mine if you know fulci you know that he is considered a godfather of gore and hey surprise i love gore films um so on number seven you have the gates of hell or as it's also known because yeah these italian films they have a million different titles um, so that's fun too, <laughs> but uh, also known as City of the Living Dead. This um, has the infamous scene of of a girl puking, literally her guts out, and uh, many more scenes like that. So the story this the story revolves a priest that hangs himself, and that and that causes the literally the dead rising from their graves, and that is that is very cool. We all like our generic zombie films but this does it a bit higher because it's not zombies but it's the living dead and apparently different rules apply and that's fun number six we have another film that we talked about on this show sorcerer and again by william friedkin can already you can already guess that Friedkin is another favorite director of mine he also did the exorcist i don't know if i mentioned that previously but i do know but sorcerer is the best thriller that I've ever seen. It's engaging. It's adventurous. It's a thrilling, 
thrill ride of a story about four criminals from different parts of the world that are tasked to deliver nitroglycerin across dangerous jungle terrain. And uh, that drawbridge scene when they're driving these big trucks across like this thin, very weak drawbridge, these, like wooden bridge. That's just cinematic and so fulfilling to watch. And it's the way this, the scene is filmed and the fact that it's a real, the fact that it's a real, a real wooden bridge that they did everything in actuality. That's in insane. And without an accident to mention, so so yeah, that that's pretty cool. But it's an awesome film, and I think I think I think Roy Scheider plays this role really well as the lead. Uh, he's usually the side character, like in um, French Connection, or well, he was the main character in Jaws. But he has a lot of these these crime films. But I, I think he really works in the lead here. Uh, you really root for him. And uh, I like the setting. It's in a South American hellhole of a of a place, and it's dirty. And um, yeah, go check it out. It's it's very worth your time. <clears throat> Number five, I have a classic by George Romero, Day of the Dead. I do love the Dead trilogy. Uh, I think they're all great: Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. But I mean, to be real, I could have had all of them on this list, but. I, I, I have to pl abide by the rules. And that means that I can only have one film from any trilogy. And uh, I think we all abide by that rule, right? That is quite important, I think. And, uh, well, well, Dawn of the Dead has that bleak nature of, of consumerism and the, the American dream, almost. I, I, I appreciate the bleakness in Day of the Dead more. Uh, they're set in that bunker. You have two rival factions, the scientists and the soldiers. And it, it's a claustrophobic nightmare. And the whole world has gone to shit. So you have like the outside factor and the inside factor. And things are are brewing. Like people are at each other's necks. And um, it, it just all escalates into this fantastic crescendo of a explosion, if you may. And... Um, yeah, I, I do also like Joe Pilato as Lieutenant Rhodes, who's the, the main bad guy. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, apparently this film also has a character that looks like John Goodman. And I always thought, oh, hey, that's John Goodman. But then I realized it wasn't John Goodman, so I always assumed that was John Goodman my whole life. But go figure. <clears throat> On number four... We talked about this film before, Last House on the Left. I love it very much. I think David Hess's performance is outstanding. One of the most scariest performances that I've ever seen. And uh, uh, we've all talked about this. I went into detail on what I love about this film. Uh, if you haven't, go check that out. The Bad uh, Neighborhood episode of uh, the Video Nasties one. Um, that's worth listening. Uh, uh, me and Maggie, we share quite a lot of good thoughts about <clears throat> about uh, both these films starring David Hess and um, it, it is um, it's a classic it's a disgusting horror film and it, it's worth I, I think it's very worth uh, the placement I have this on number three we have Christine by John Carpenter John Carpenter is probably my favorite director of all time I think this is a, a, a good like a, a good film on obsession and how obsession consumes a host and 
it just becomes the motion of the car i like how this film progresses and uh, the music just fits it so well and it, it it's it's it, it's my 80s dream of a movie and i love it so much and on number two we have this costume drama that is in actuality a porn uh, porno that is produced by penthouse directed by well produced by bob guccione and but primarily directed by Tinto Brass, who later got fired. This is a messy production of a film, Caligula, from 1979, starring Malcolm McDowell and Peter O'Toole. Um, yeah, this is probably a very controversial uh, favorite of mine. Like, a lot, of, not many people would think that, wow, you have Caligula on your second favorite film of all time? What's wrong with you? Well, I'll tell you that this is a good, this is an awesome film. Uh, I think the performance by Malcolm McDowell and Peter O'Toole are great. Malcolm McDowell as Caligula just showcases the assholeness to the character very well. And uh, it also starring Helen Mirren in a short role. And um, and yeah, I, the, the music is very beautiful in this film. I, uh, there's not really much to say about story-wise. It's just the uh, emperor going mad and a lot of debauchery, a lot of uh, fornication. But um, I think as a production value, I think this film looks really good. I mean, it looks like a nightmare. And um, the, the story behind the production is also very interesting. And just the fact that uh, just the fact that, that Malcolm McDowell stars in a film like this is just incredible. And on number one, the film that I I f the film that I consider the most important to my my film loving journey and myself is A Clockwork Orange by Stanley Kubrick. This was my awakening film. Watched this for the first time when I was fourteen, fifteen, and it, it blew my mind. Uh, it um, definitely heightened my mind on what what else is out there and not all films are straightforward you have these deep nuances of of character arcs character study and and uh i mean this is obviously an anti-hero you are rooting for alex who is who is not a good person um let me tell you i like it's artistic i like the symmetric symmetrism to this film i like that it's very neo-futuristic film obviously i would have to read the book i haven't read it but i've heard it's 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 a lot worse than the film but i i, I like to think that it's a faithful adaptation to the book uh i could i could talk about this film for ages it's such a classic film to me there aren't many films that i consider perfect but this is one of them in fact the previous four that I've the previous four that I mentioned, A Clockwork Orange, Caligula, Christine, and Last House on the Left, those are my pedestal or my my totem pole of films that I consider the greatest of all times and the four films that I base other films on. That's how fond I am of these four films. And these four films will never change to me. These are forever implanted into my mind and enjoyment of cinema well yeah that uh concludes my top 20 list um well i, I still have some time uh so i can share some some movie news like uh things that i've done personally like i am currently currently watching heavy films um so far uh, on this recording date i've seen 226 films to date and i think that is impressive um, my goal was initially 500 films this year, but I, I think I can easily do a thousand films, uh, quite honestly. I just have to try and watch harder and that, that's just fun. 
I've been trying to focus more on newer cinema. Uh, so I have myself a bit updated on recent films. Um, I've seen The Cocaine Bear, which I hated. Um, I saw the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin, which I thought was okay. Wasn't the best, but it was, but Dave Batista did a good role there. And, uh, and well, yeah, I, uh, last weekend I, um, I went and watched Evil Dead Rise at the cinema. And let me tell you, that was a very enjoyable ride. Um, as I mentioned previously, I very much enjoy gore films. And uh, on our favorite films of 2022, I mentioned that Terrifier 2 was an awesome experience and evil dead rise was just as gory as terrifier 2 and uh, i just love that we are currently in this new renaissance of gore films where where they aren't underground anymore they get wide releases they are getting released to cinema and that is just very fun because most most of these films are just very underground or cheaply budget films but but this but Evil Dead Rise just shows that if you can put, if you put a lot of money, if you put some money in it, uh, it, it can still turn good, even if you still have a lot of gore in it. And but also, it's a, it's a good film. It's a good example on how good example on how you can take a lot of inspiration from old cinema, uh, but yet have fun with it and still turn it into something creative. And I think it does that quite well. Uh, I thought the main character, uh, Lily Sullivan, uh, who played Beth. I thought she did it very good as the final as the final girl and as a survivor in this film and uh, I thought it was as equally good as um, as the lead in the previous uh, Evil Dead film from 2013 um, by uh, Jane Levy uh, who also did a good job as Mia Allen in in the first evil in the Evil Dead remake from 2013 and uh, I like that these two films are quite separate to each other. <clears throat> I mean, they they are they it has been established that they are in the same universe, but they are still like single entries that you can watch one or the other, and it does it's not really important to follow along. But it's cool that these work as two parallels. You have Evil Dead 2013 that takes place in the cabin, uh, in the cabin deep in the woods, and you have Evil Dead Rise, which takes place in in Los Angeles in a high rise apartment building, and it's just nice nice change of uh, scenery. Just going from the deep woods woodlands area to to like uh, uh, this uh, metropol metropolite area, uh, not something you would expect possessive demons to uh, happen, but 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 sure it does, and and I'm all for it. I, I like it very much, and um, it definitely took some some nods from other horror classics like uh like demons 2 with the apartment complex the shining and uh and uh they even borrowed a chant from evil dead 2 dead by dawn dead by dawn and that's um i enjoyed that very much and uh, i feel this is a really good year for horror films <clears throat> there have been some it looks like there are a lot of good horror films coming out uh i mean we just had a film by Brandon Cronenberg, Infinity Pool, which was decent enough. Evil Dead Rise, an upcoming, and apparently we also had a new Scream film this year. There's Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is coming out that looks really cool. It's about a ship in Dracula. That tr It's about the ship that transports Dracula from Transylvania to the mainland, uh, and the whole crew goes mad. And um, I hear that the director has described that as alien set in 19 1890, and that, that just sounds really cool. Apparently we have a new Exorcist film coming out, which looks interesting and a lot of new 
like changes into genre like we have this uh, skinnamarink was something that came out uh, not too long ago and that kind of changed the way you could uh, build a horror movie on it's pretty cool that uh, analog horror that is becoming more popular and they're making feature films of something that used to that's something that is mainly a YouTube genre of uh, a way to describe a ghost story if you want. But it's cool what Skinnamarink did. And apparently more films are following that format with Outwaters, which I've heard good things about. <clears throat> and it will be interesting to see. Well, yeah, I think I think I have I think I have delved deep enough in this whole this big Janko extravaganza episode. Uh, um, I think you, you all have a clear picture on what films I enjoy types of films i enjoy i mean i mean exploitation is a fun genre genre i mean you have your slashers you have your women in prison films you have your rape revenge films you have your nazi exploitation films you have your black exploitation films you have your zombie films the demonic films non-exploitation take your pick take your poison and just uh, yeah it's um not not many of these films are censored censored of course and back then they were extreme but <laughs> in today's standards they aren't that bad but it's i still think it funny that a lot of these films a lot of these films were deemed video nasties and uh got in problems with the fda and whatnot and uh but yeah it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun rabbit hole to dive into uh just offensive cinema in general it, it makes it much more enjoyable yeah I, I feel i've shared enough um well um hopefully going forward we will have I mean, the, the scheduling has been a bit in shambles. Uh, that is pretty apparent. Uh, we aren't as consistent with our releasings, but I'm hoping that will change pretty soon. We have a couple of episodes planned uh, going forward. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Critically Masochistic is obviously not being shown in this episode, but that is also due... And I still need to share my opinions on feed that Maggie suggested. So that will be something to look forward to uh, for. Um, I think I did well on this episode, considering I was alone. Uh, well, what did you think? Uh, leave an answer. Um, I would like to get some feedback. But uh, anyways, uh, if you have any questions to us, you can um, Ask them, relay them to us on our Gmail account, which is uh, criticallyoptimisticpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to get in touch with us on our Twitter, you can uh, do so at uh, criticallyopti2. And uh, for our episodes, you can find them all wherever we host podcasts, from podcast from Spotify to iTunes to Amazon Music. I think we are on Google. I, uh, Mac told me, but I forgot. But uh, anyways, uh, this has been fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed what I did. And uh, at, least, at least I still released something uh, so that it wasn't a, a dead month. Uh, but anyways... Um uh, but but yeah, if you uh, if you like this episode, like uh, feel free to uh, to um, comment on what you what your top twenty films are, and if uh, if you agree with some of these, or if uh, if you thought that uh, wow, I think these films are cool, I need to check them out. Well, yeah, that would be cool. I, I uh, if there was anything, I would just love that. My most favorite films of all times get uh, like other people get interested in the same films that I do. Um, that would just be fun. But uh, anyways, I uh, could just ramble all day, and uh, that's probably not a good 
good thing to do. But uh, but anyways, this has been my enjoying pleasure, and I'll um, catch you all on the flip lady flip, flip, flip on, the, on the flip side. Uh, see you all later. Goodbye. <laughs>